run. Hello and welcome to Here's What You Could Have Run podcast. Today I'm going to be talking to Angie about the Great Norse Run, which is due to take place later this month. It's an iconic half marathon and this year was due to be its 40th event, same as London, so it's quite a shame to see it go. There are going to be an estimated 57,000 runners and it's often listed as one of the world's largest half marathons. It's not an event I've run before and I tend not to run half marathons too often, but given the popularity of the event, I thought I should find out what the appeal is from Angie. If you've not heard of Angie, then she's co-host of the Marathon Talk podcast, normally with either Martin or Tom. So she's well used to professional podcasts, but instead decided to slam it on this one. And true to form, we were interrupted halfway through by a dog barking at the postman. That's the sort of high standards we aim for here. So let's hear from Angie. Right, joining me now is Angie Andrews, who's here to talk about the Great Norse Run. You may well have heard of her. She's a co-presenter of the very popular and very successful Marathon Talk podcast. Uh, welcome, Angie, and thanks for joining me. Hello, thanks for asking me to do this. That's all right, not a problem. So just so people kind of get a feel of, sort of where your running history is and where you're coming from when you start talking about the race, can you just introduce how you got into running? you sort of achievement so far and yeah just give a feel of where you're coming from yeah so um I started running in I think I've been running about 11 years I was like late 20s just somebody who was very bored at the gym and wanted a, a different challenge um started with a few 5ks messed up a 10k horribly um and then started to take things a bit more seriously and actually the first um, half marathon I ever did was the Great North Run in 2011. Um, since then, I've lost count of how many halves I've done. I've done a lot. Um, I've done four marathons. Um, I have a heart condition, so I'm limited to marathon. I can't go any further. Um, so I leave ultra running to my ultra running husband. And I'm a very good crew person for him yeah. because of that. Um, I am a I'm a running coach, and like you said, I work on the Marathon Talk podcast mainly on social media, but I do jump in occasionally to um, talk about it as well. Um, and my everything I do basically is is tied into running. So as well as being a running coach, I, I'm a content and editorial writer and everything I write about is running as well so yeah it's very firmly embedded in, in my identity and everyday life. But more than a passing interest then yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. Cool so um, as you said Great North Run was your first one you've run it how many times since? I've, I, I've, I meant to check this you know <laughs> I think lot. it's seven Similar. but it might be eight um so I'll just say a lot of times right. with varying degrees of enjoyment and success. So why did you pick it as your first one and why do you keep going back? Um, so obviously I'm a Geordie, you'll have picked that up. <laughs> um, it, it, the route is actually partly where it is near, very, very near where I live. So there's no escape in it. Um, it's one of those things where in this area, it's something that everybody talks about. So if you haven't done it, you know someone who's done it or you um you have a road closure that affects you mm -hmm. because other people are doing it um it's just it's just a very cheesy thing to say but it's just very much part of lifestyle in the northeast and 
it, which I'll come to it is like it's a massive carnival experience okay. and so for me it, when I when I was offered the place um I, it was kind of like oh firstly I thought I'm never going to be able to run that far you're mad but also it was like it was a really great thing to train for because it was something that everybody was able to identify with and I was fundraising for that first one as well which meant again it's that accountability but also it's an event that everybody is aware of I guess all the running clubs up there are also sort of training towards it as well so absolutely you part yeah. of a running club mm -hmm. or you train your own um a mixture of both so I am um, I'm a Gateshead Harrier um, when I did the first Great North Run in 2011 um, I wasn't part of a running club then and it was kind of you'll have spoken to people like this before where it was just because I thought I wasn't good enough to be in a running club yeah I think and we've then there, the, we? yeah like the first experience of the Great North Run was like showed me that I could probably go on and achieve more if I did join a running club so um, yeah I've run and I've done a bit of coaching at Gateshead as well but I am at the moment I'm actually coached by Martin Yellen so um, <laughs> I've, I'm coached by somebody I work really close with so there's no escape in him at times but um, <laughs> I think a lot of it for me is to do with the way that I work and like being self-employed means I can have a bit more freedom with like basically just running when I want to but having the accountability from Martin as a coach obviously is incredible because he's a brilliant coach but mm. also it gives me the flexibility to just run and train when it suits me excellent now i had a running coach for the start of this year as well and i yeah i just it takes your brain out of it doesn't it you've just got the sessions yeah. you do and you, you get up and you do them mm -hmm. exactly yeah doing it. so how did that first mm -hmm. great north run go then um it was it, the training for it, I remember like being really challenged by because I'd never run that far. I've like really, really vivid memory of like the first time I ever ran nine miles, like texting my dad and going, <laughs> I've just run nine miles. And like since then, obviously, I've run marathons. So it, it's funny, like looking back at that. But it was it was really great because it did take me out of my comfort zone. And I really had to learn a lot. Like so even things like nutrition I have like another really vivid memory of like throwing up a gel by a tree, like trying to keep a gel down for the first time. Very first injury I ever had was like um, obviously an overuse thing to do with like the glutes. And, and I think you just learn a lot when you train for half marathon. And um, I did have friends at the gym and stuff that I used to go to that would give me um, advice with varying degrees of success like some of it was not good advice um, but yeah I really enjoyed it actually because I'd never done anything like it before and I think even when I stood on the start line of the first one that I did I couldn't quite believe that I was really doing it because I'd seen it on the television and runners had run past where I live and and all that kind of thing so yeah, it was it was a journey of self discovery. That's what it was. That's excellent. I mean, yeah, it sounds and it sort of feel very much like a Northern London Marathon, isn't it? That everyone knows. Yeah, absolutely. Someone that's done mm -hmm. it, but you still can't quite believe you're going to do it, even when you stood there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So you did the first one, and obviously must have gone pretty well because it didn't put you off running. <laughs> did you instantly yeah. decide to do it again, or was it one of those I've ticked the box, I get on with my life now, and then? Um, no, I, I wanted to. I wanted to keep going. I felt like there was more. I, I remember thinking that, especially for the first one, and I think I was 
I think I was about, I must have been 30. So um, I wasn't like a spring chicken starting out. And I just wanted to run something around the two hour mark. And I ran 156.54. It's funny how you remember like <laughs> the exact seconds. I couldn't tell you any of the others. Uh-huh. Um, and And I remember thinking like, I had obviously run as hard as I could, but I remember thinking this is the first one and I've run that. Maybe I could do more because mm. I had certainly taken time off my um, 10K and 5K in that time as well. So it was just like, yes, I want to do another one. I want to go back and, and experience the whole thing again. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because a lot of people, yeah, they, they have that gap, don't they, between never again before they realise they actually, for some reason, want to go back to these things. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So back then, I presume, could you just sign up because it's gone to a ballot more recently, hasn't it? Can you just explain the sort of entry process for anyone that's not tried it? It was still a ballot then. Um, they it's do. Then, I don't know how it'll be next year, but there's like there was there's two sets of ballots. So you have like a one that's done through like the local newspaper, which is the one I got in, and then it rolls into like if you didn't get into that, then you go into like the general ballot. Um, so there's always this scramble for places because it's another race a bit I know you mentioned London a, a bit like London Marathon where there's a big percentage of charity runners as well um, so like percentage of the charity running places will be taken up and, and I don't know what the split is but there's there seems to be like a limit on the um, the ballot places that become available but I've always been lucky um, and the other thing that they do is once you've been in once through the ballot you then have the opportunity to become a Great North Run member, which guarantees entry for the next three years. Oh, um, and it's it's something like, it, it's not cheap, it's something like £90 or something like that to be a member for that amount of time. And then you have to buy your race entry as well. So it's not a cheap thing to do, but it takes the stress out of that scramble for races. And my husband and I both have done the Great North Run membership since then. So we've, we've always had the opportunity to run and get in yeah so you know what you're training for and stuff you haven't got the stress of the ballot yeah. and then find something else on the same date exactly yeah exactly cool so a bit like london then uh, once you're in is there an expo or something for your bibs or do you get it in the post in the more traditional way um you get it you, you get it in the post but there has been and again this has changed over the last few years there used to be it was when um so you know the did you ever watch the great the great city games no. the great north city games like a big athletics thing that happened on newcastle quayside and they would tie in like a not like anything on the scale of, of london marathon but they would tie in like a mini expo that took place at the same time so you didn't have to go because you had your numbers posted out to you but there's like a pasta party and like you could go and buy like your travel tickets for the next day it's usually the day before Mm. Um, but that was massively scaled down last year because the city games wasn't there anymore they moved it to Stockton Um, and so yeah the, the day before stuff is mainly like the junior and mini races now that happen um which are massively popular as well they sell out like like really really quickly um so yeah there's i wouldn't say it's an expo as such but there is like a like a mini run and show that you can attend the day before okay no i suppose a lot of people travel up so it's yeah entertainment for the weekend isn't it Mm, yeah cool so um for anyone that's not running like me i've I've never well i've never actually entered the ballot because i I'm not like keen on half as a rule, so it's one of the ones I've not entered, but one year... I'm going to try and sell this to you. Exactly. 
So yeah, what's the race like? Is it sort of point to point? Is it a loop? You know, describe what I'm missing out on. Yeah, um, it's like a, when I describe this race, it, it's not going to sound that attractive. <laughs> I'm just going to warn you. Um, it's point to point. You start on a motorway. Oh, dude, <laughs> so you do start in the traffic, or do you just have to like dodge the car? No, it's completely closed. So yeah. the, the whole thing is completely closed from beginning to end, which it has to be when I describe what you do. Mm. So you start on the central motorway, which is like right in the city centre of Newcastle, meaning that um, it's really easy to get to because it's just in the middle of everywhere. Um, and you start there, you do, um, the majority of it is on like dual carriageway. Which again, like, like it. Yeah, I'm really selling this. But you know, I love routes like this. I love routes that are like concrete and boring. Um, but it's it's basically like one long road. So you, you basically run point to point from Newcastle to South Shields. Um, and you go through different boroughs on the way. So you go through Gateshead, then into South Tyneside. And, um, and about halfway you pass like right by where I live. So you can imagine like if you're having a bad day, that's not fun. <laughs> Um, but the, the best part of it is, and, and everybody talks about this, is when you get to just before 12 miles, you drop down a big hill onto the seaside and you run your last mile along like the coast road and finish like on a, a big patch of green space right just above the beach, um, which is just incredible. The only difficult thing is, I think, if you don't know the area, you drop down onto that last mile and because you see the seaside, you think you've finished and you've still got a mile, mile and it's like the longest mile of your life um, and that's a bit that people probably have seen on the telly then because they often televised yeah you've got mo farah racing mm -hmm. someone down for the last uh, few always <laughs> yeah always so in terms of crowds and stuff if a lot of it's on sort of motorways and stuff are there many crowds mm -hmm. can they get to you or is it a bit isolated? yeah it's packed it's it's the closest thing i've only run london once but it's the closest Think the London Marathon that you'll ever experience. It's um, especially when the weather's good, which I've think like I say I've done seven or eight, and I think I've had like I've only had one time where the weather's been bad, which is quite unbelievable when you live in South Shields. Um, but yeah, it's when the weather's nice, like people come out and stack the streets up like seven or eight people deep, and it's just like I've got goosebumps talking about it. It's just incredible because because these this is our community you know like if you if you love where you live which i do like running places like running over the tyne bridge which is just stacked with people and noise it's just incredible and there's things like the same as in london you get like the steel bands on the roundabouts and um you have elvis there's like an elvis that comes out and sings to you at like 11 miles <laughs> and um there's a few care homes on the route which always open their doors and bring like um drinks and sweets and things out and it's just incredible it's the I, if anybody said like why would you do a race that you would go back and do where you live that you could just run for free any day of the week um it, it's it, the atmosphere every time it just it makes me really proud to be where i'm from you're selling it a lot more than the uh, the motorway section, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I got that out of the way first, didn't exactly. I? I said that first and then said, but it's really good. Cool. So, I mean, how busy is it? Like you said, it's like almost like a mini London. So when you're in the start pen, <laughs> is it one of the ones you could lift your feet up and be carried by the crowds or can you actually run at mm -hmm. your own pace? Um, I'm going to have to put a caveat in. I haven't ran from the mass start for the last few years. Oh, you're too famous. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
No, I, w- I worked for somebody who was famous. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> no, um, it's it depends on where you are to be honest it the start is really tricky it's so the start it's as i said it's on a motorway and they have the start across like two separate parts of the road um you either go up over a flyover or you go under it and i've always gone under but i think somebody said that it's you get a slightly slower start if you go over whereas starting on a downhill you can imagine it's just nuts um but yeah, it's it is a really busy race. I'm not going to lie. There are there are times when it does feel, particularly around like the feed stations, it can get a little bit chaotic. There's there's a drink station at about just before halfway where I'd, I've never once managed to get a drink because it's just <laughs> there's just too many people. Um, but in a way, I feel like because I never run with other people. I feel like that again that's a part of the appeal for me because you've always got like a new best friend <laughs> beside you. So. Um, yeah, it's it's busy, but I know people who have run their PB there as well, so it is possible. Um, I know like there's a few like really great records held on that course as well, so I feel like it, it is it is it is possible, but you have to go into it knowing that you you need to try and stick to your own pace because you either get swept away or you'll just get hemmed in. Yeah, so, that yeah. sounds a bit like London then for that, doesn't it? Very so. much, yeah. So the course is then relatively flat then if you were looking for a quick course it is potentially worth it if you get in the right area. It's up and down really there's there's a few sections um just before 10 miles where you feel like you're constantly climbing and it's it's odd to say that because it is actually classed as like a net downhill course but I think that's because you run to the sea mm. so you're always going to have that profile but I know it don't ask me which ones but I know there's certain records that it doesn't count for because of the fact that it's a net downhill profile but um i've i've run one of my fastest there my husband's pb there is like by by a long way by like a mile or two um and people i've coached have have run there as well but i do think it depends on again where you start from so the year that we both ran our fastest times there we were in um a corporate start <laughs> so we we kind of didn't have to deal with like a lot of the traffic until a little bit later on um but yeah i think i think as long as you seed yourself properly and you go in in the pen that you're supposed to and isn't this the same everywhere okay. um you you've got a much better chance but definitely it's pb possible but it just depends very much on where you are okay cool thank you and in terms of then we did touch on earlier stations and stuff uh other than mm. one you can't get to what are they like how often <laughs> and what do you normally get well, I think other people can get to it. I think it's just, <laughs> just being yeah, clumsy yeah. <laughs> and not wanting to fall over. Um, every three miles, so you get um, like five k. Yeah. yeah, so like um, drink stations every five k. There's these unofficial ones, like I said, like schools will pop out, like with like little drinks and juice and things like that. Um, there's also a beer station at ten miles, but that's not officially provided well, by the way. The yeah it's just a running club that has a little pop-up stand where you can get a pint I've never done that I've never wanted a pint at 10 miles I've got to say um I wait till the end but um yeah there's they're all they're all water and I think in the last couple of years the te- there's a 10 mile one which is like isotonic as well so <laughs> yeah so the dog just thought she'd join in at that point <laughs> Ah, dear, perfect. Uh, no, so that sounds like a lot of aid stations then, because um, I think London's almost too many, isn't it, every mile, and I've done some mm. half where you, you basically get one halfway, and if it's a hot day, it's not nearly enough. 
yeah no I, I feel like they've got it they've got it spot on yeah it's, sure. it is really good and when you're running then you mentioned earlier you don't always get on with gel so what do you normally use if you're running what would you recommend people try um i i've got on with gels a lot better now i think it's um it tends to be um firstly you've got to play around with things i think it has to be really personalized and for me it was like eventually something clicked when i started to use like a thicker gel so you know you can get like runny ones that you can get thicker ones Mm. and the thicker gels work for me and i tend to decant them into like a little pouch so that i haven't got to like tear them and hold them when you've got sweaty hands out and they're trying to get the top off i always find yeah and like i I don't know what you're like but like the slightest little thing gives me a stitch and so (laughs) if i if i'm like faffing about trying to get something back in a pocket that's like the next three miles i've got a stitch yeah even if i'm running slowly um so yeah i think I think it has to be personalised. Yes, take take recommendations from people. But also the other thing I would say is never try something on the day that you've never had before. So I had um one of the one of my kind of harrowing Great North Run um memories was like the first year I ran it was somebody taking on an isotonic drink at ten miles and then throwing up for like pretty much the rest of the way. Um and that was in hindsight looking at that, I think I must have I don't I think I just tried to block it out at the time but she mustn't have tried that before for that to happen to her so um yeah and and I've ran a marathon with my husband who's the complete opposite so he can take on anything and just be absolutely fine like no matter what he tries but um it, it not everyone's like that and and also the other thing I would say is like be aware of like any health conditions that you've got because I've got a heart condition and there's a lot of things that, that they put in gels, like even just, ca- I can't have caffeine. So like, say, just caffeine check. Caffeine can't help, yeah. Yeah, can't have caffeine. So like, just check what's in your gel as well and just practice, practice, practice. Excellent, good tip there. I found it, even stuff that you're, you've tried sometimes doesn't always agree with you. I, I finished born yeah. one year on the point of vomiting. I did manage to PB, but it was, yeah. I think mostly to try and find a bin to try and be sick in would probably be why I was so quick on the last few seconds. Yeah, yeah. Cool, thank you. So um, obviously, I presume, were you due to run it this year? Um, I was, but like I got I got thrown a lifeline because actually I'm really injured. So <laughs> the cancellation of it is like, okay, cheers, I can do it next year instead. Right. Um, but yeah, it, and the ironic thing is I had actually deferred from last year because I was injured then as well. Can you see this is a theme? <laughs> Don't um, but it worked out all right last year because I ended up, as you said at the start, um, because I work on Marathon Talk, um, I do have media accreditation, so I was able to, to just go and work in the media finish last year, which was Excellent. incredible. I'd never worked at that race before. I'd always run. Um, and so I ended up working there last year, deferring to this year. And then obviously <laughs> the pandemic happened. And and if anything, I was, and not, I'm not relieved for any other reason, but I'm relieved that the races have been cancelled because I would have just lost, you know, pretty much like everything in the calendar would have gone anyway. Yeah. Um, I've been injured since April, so yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah I've had that a couple of weeks off this year with varying ailments. It's mm. yeah, mentally it's not good for you, is it? I think people rely on running a lot, and it can yeah. certainly play on you, can't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've been rolled over to next year, then. But there is a virtual Great North Run happening. Is that something you're looking at doing, or are you still too injured? I'm still too injured, but I think, I, to be honest, like it's not my thing anyway. Um, 
I, I really, I'm on the fence about it because I think I can, I'm really pleased that they're doing it in order to raise funds for charities. Um, I worked in race organisation for like five years before I started doing the job I'm in now. Um, I worked for Steve Cram's company and a lot of his race series is the same as the Great North Run and they've all been cancelled as well. And I think because I worked in that job, I can see how so many other things are affected by the race being cancelled. And one of those things, I guess, is like the runner's motivation as well. So if it's if it's for you and if it's if it motivates you, then then crack on, like do it. But I, it would not have been something that I would have done anyway. I think it's just not really my bag. But um, they seem to have they've done two virtuals. They've done one to celebrate the fact that it would have been their 40th race. So the same as London Marathon started mm. in 1981. Um and also they've done the a one where you, everybody's going to run at the same time on, on the day when the race would have happened um, and submitting their, their results and things like that. And I guess um, because people are getting T-shirts and medals and things, they're, they're still then, again, like this is my old like race organisation head on, but like they, they're then keeping suppliers happy and, you know, that doing their bit for their economy as well as raising money for charity. So it's a great thing, but it's just not for me. Yeah, I've I've never been into virtuals, but I've done a couple since yeah, COVID happened. Because mm. prior to that, I really couldn't see the point of it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean the London virtual one sold out now, hasn't it? I think forty-five thousand people. Yeah, so amazing. They've mm-hmm. done odd Incredible. things that you can qualify good for age, can't you, on the day and stuff. It's a bit oh, that's a can of worms. Come on, let's not get into that. <laughs> Yeah, there'll be a lot of people it. digging out their old garments with no cadence or heart rate readings, right? Then, the, yeah, the bike well, out the shed. <laughs> or, like, for me, I could just stick my watch on my super fast husband and say, like Go and get me a good fridge, please. That's and he could do it without it, yeah. trying. <laughs> so, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. I've given people an idea. He's not available for that. Okay, oh. we're not. How many I'm watches can you fit yet. on one arm? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just send the GPX file through. <laughs> so um I was next question you probably have said yes already but would you recommend the great north run to other people then yeah and i think even if it's just as like an experience that you do once hmm. um i think that it should be part of everybody's autumn it's usually like the first bit of so it, it would have been run like a week on sunday i think so like yeah. two weeks time um and it's just like a nice start to the autumn because you've you've moved out of the summer and like I said I have always had really nice weather apart from a couple of times that nearly drowning in heavy rain <laughs> but the weather's the sun usually shines on the Great North Run and it's just um it's a nice way to connect with humanity because you you do go out and see all shapes and sizes of people running um everybody running for different reasons and and yeah it, it, it's just a, it's just a lovely event I feel like it's just it gets a bit of bad press because it's quite an expensive race um but i just honestly feel like it's just worth every penny because it's it's mm. such a great thing to do so even if you do it once just do it and tick it off and even if you're not go- going looking for a time just just even just to jog around it is just amazing okay that sounds good how much is it roughly when you say it's expensive ish it's like 52 pound i think so it's more in the current climate, it's more though, than the it? london marathon though and i think that's why people get a bit funny about it but again because of my experience of like the job i used to do they're running into two boroughs and so you've mm. got two different sets of road closures to account for um 
and and the security and the organization and everything on the day is just seamless and so you you get what you pay for i think yeah. and and i've done it so many times like they've had a lot of my money so it must be <laughs> worth it but i think london's a sort of a unfortunate yardstick isn't it because it's not yeah it's not with the same business models everyone else uses so everything mm -hmm. looks expensive compared to that even like local 10k's come out poorly if you compare it to yeah very true for london or something yeah cool have you any other races that you missed out on and what's your sort of next running challenge if uh if covid <laughs> being able to walk stuff? Um, that'd be good <laughs> no um our big thing this year was um i was running so I, the last thing i did was the big half in march okay. um then i was supposed to be doing london which i've deferred hopefully next october but we our big challenge this year was um the Cami de Cavils, which is a, a trail event in Menorca. Um, so the Cami de Cavils is the, the path that goes all the way around the coast of Menorca. And we basically, like the last three holidays I think we've had, we've been in recce different sections of it and we've done we've done probably all of the north coast. Uh, but you can do like, I think it's 30k, 50k, 100k, or you can do the whole thing. Um, and so we were going to go in May. It was supposed to be three weeks after the London Marathon, so I would have like definitely been taking it slowly. But um, I was going to do the 30k, and my husband was doing the 100, um, both finishing at the same place, which would have been yeah. amazing. But again, we've deferred that to next year. And I think the funny thing is, because of London changing now and being October next year, it kind of puts me in a better position for that. So um, I'll go and do Cami de Cavils in May hopefully mm. um i think people are scared to make proper plans at the moment yeah definitely because um, yeah quarantine yeah. will all seem to change on a daily basis don't they, they? absolutely yeah so if i can do that and then it would be the great north run would be perfectly placed next year to prepare for london marathon in in october so um i just need to get fit again as well that's the other thing because i've been injured for so long but it's nice to think like everything's paused and moved and and yeah, actually it's ended up in a better order. Really any events, so it's, uh, it's, no, there's no. probably never been a better time to be injured. Yeah, true. Cool. So during lockdown, then you've had another little project on the go, which um, we'd like to talk about. So what have you been up to? Um, I've been finishing a book that I actually started writing um, a long time ago. <laughs> um, we joked actually that the, it was going to take like being locked in our houses to actually finish this. Um, so I started writing a book with Martin Yellen from the Marathon Talk podcast uh, last January. So January 2019, we started writing together. We had a few um, working holidays where we wrote various drafts of it and just drank a lot of wine and had some great times. Like putting the book together has been like so much fun, but um, you know yourself like the, it, writing a book is not just one seamless process I think we've written four different drafts of it um, and where we got to the point just before lockdown where we, we were about to start writing the final draft so lockdown although it was busy for us both we we're both still working it gave us that really focused time to to write separately but together um we martin's in, in dorset and so i'm you know a very very long way away from him. so we've done a lot of writing over video call and, and stuff like that and and we finished writing on the 27th of may so finally got the um, yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember it so clearly um 
it was a red hot day and I was like dying to go out and sit in the sunshine that's why I remember but um yeah so we finished writing in May and we're at the point now where we're proofreading the the very final draft so um yeah what did you do in lockdown well I wrote a book exactly are you able to tell us what it's called is that officially available yet or is it a secret yeah yeah so it's called running in the mid pack um we wanted to write a book that was not for elite end athletes and not for beginners we we just saw this swell of particularly from the work that martin does with the london marathon and you know on a much smaller scale athletes that i coach are very much this this kind of mid-pack range where they're never going to trouble the people at the front of the race but they've done it for a long time um, and <clears throat> we didn't want it to be like a definitely not like a coaching manual or anything like that it's very much like storytelling and we've had some incredible contributors to it as well so um yeah it's running in the mid pack is the title and it's uh, released on january the 28th on bloomsbury but you can yeah. pre-order now so should we go on amazon do. to pre-order or elsewhere yes you can you, you can pre-order on amazon and it's on bloomsbury if you want to go direct to them as well super brilliant now i'll look out for that then so, I mean, that's, yeah, for anyone that hasn't, that's a measure of how long the writing process takes. So you finished that in May and it's going to be out in January. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it, I, I found that a shock as well on the days, you know, we're all doing blogs and stuff. You type it, you click upload and it's up there and people can read it. And then you write a book and it's months, mm-hmm. if not over a year before it finally is in the paper. Yeah, I think I, I, our original publication date was actually supposed to be October and we pushed it back for like various personal reasons and mm. and i guess because you you're trying to align schedules of two people who are very busy and we work together on the Stormbreak charity and on marathon talk as well so it's kind of like having that separate time where we are just going to talk about the book and we're not just and we're not going to have like 10 minutes talking about the charity first and and so for us it was just time scales i think that were were doubled because there's two of us uh, but you're right i think although we finished it there are edits and revisions and illustrations and then we've changed the cover and like there's a lot of things that take longer than you would expect exactly. but it's worth it no brilliant i look forward to it and yeah when you get that first copy in your hand i bet it's going to feel amazing yeah i can't wait exactly cool well thank you and if people want to um follow you on twitter instagram what's the best way of doing it um so i'm at enigma girl 81 on both twitter and instagram um and the marathon talk account if people want to get involved in that is just at marathon talk again both on instagram and on twitter excellent cool thank you very much for coming on and yeah even i'm quite tempted now it's great north run i'm not like i said i'm <laughs> a fan of half but that does sound good yeah just get a bit far north did you move it a bit further south <laughs> you know based in milton Keynes, it's a long drive well, you are you are running south, but just only for thirty miles. Yeah, so. that doesn't get me much yeah. of the way home. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I recommend it. You should do it definitely. Brilliant, cool. Thank you very much for that. Then, cheers. Bye. Thanks. Thanks to Angie for coming on, talking to us about the race, and also her forthcoming book, Running in the Mid Pack. Uh, the subtitle of which is How to Be a Strong, Successful, and Happy Runner. looking at a lot of my race photos i seldom look happy so it's probably a book i should check out this weekend i'm going to be running the rear range shires and spires ultra by go beyond it's a 35 mile single trail loop around northampton countryside and one that i interviewed katie about back in episode seven
also taking place this weekend is the rearranged Thames Path 100 by Centurion Running. And again, if you want to hear about that, then I interviewed Spencer back in episode three. I may do a mini episode on each of this year's events to better understand the changes that both race organisers are making to ensure the events are COVID safe. If there's any events you'd like to see covered, then please get in touch. Game over.